What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Lori, and we are talking Legacies, Season 3, Episode 4. And this is the episode after the musical, and like we said, we felt like they gave us the musical because stuff was going to start getting a little bit dark. And I think they kind of started with this episode. Um Lori and I have both been talking about the fact that we kind of want to see where this Malivore storyline is going and we want them to kind of move on with that. And we got a lot of that in this episode. So this episode, the necromancer has basically done what he needs to do. Alyssa has cast the spell and they have raised Malivore and the monsters in all kinds of shenanigans follow and eh, you know I want to see where this Malivore story goes because like I said I kind of want them to go ahead and get done with dealing with Malivore because we've been dealing with this now since season one I'm not I don't know how I feel about this episode yeah I've watched it twice there was a lot of cheesy moments. There were some sweet moments. Um, and then we had this this one, I feel like it was kind of like a Buffy moment with uh, Landon and Hope in what happens at the end. So, <laughs> so I don't know. What did you think about this episode? I, I thought this episode was interesting, mainly because they kind of moved the plot forward. But at the same time, this is this is the type of episode that normally makes me skip out until it shows up on Netflix and then I blast through the episodes. <laughs> this is this is I, I'm being honest. This is one of those where I'm like, okay, I'm out for the season. You know, because when they do these type of episodes, I'm like, ah, world building, world building, world building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, I I think that it was probably expected. I mean, not every episode can be the musical, even though it was awesome, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm still loving it. Yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm a I'm of the mind that I really want for them to get off of Malvoy, get onto something new. But at the same time, I love the necromancer so much <laughs> that every time he's on screen, I get happy. So. I think I was happy. You know, he's very funny, but he can be a little bit irritating sometimes because he's very over the top. But I think my favorite part of the episode was when Landon used his head as a football. <laughs> that, was, that was great, wasn't it, though? <laughs> drop kick just okay right yeah yeah it's it it's you know it it started out you know kind of sappy kind of sweet you know with the with hope and landon and and i I love how he's explaining that it was their anniversary goes well if you take time for this and time when this happened this is actually the, the day you know and i and i'm and i'm trying to think i'm going okay this is the third season yes third yes third season yes so all all we've watched have, has happened over a year <laughs> or a little over a year. For the most part, yes, I think so. That's an awfully long year. 
you know, or like he said, if you if you take away the time, because it might have been a little bit more than a year, but like he said, if you take away the because when she got back from Malivore to the time that they realized who she was, I think it had been some months. Right. Because if you think about it, it was enough time for Josie and Landon to go through the whole summer, actually get into a relationship and actually for that relationship to get kind of sort of serious, you know, as serious right. as you can get right. for 16 and 17 year olds. So yeah. So it's probably been longer than a year since they actually started dating. Mm. And then he, you know, like he said, he took that time out, but yeah, so they've been together. They, they're celebrating their anniversary. They make plans or rather hope puts forth the suggestion that she wants to make it a quote unquote special night, meaning that she wants that to be the night where they finally have sex for the first time. And I do have to say, I do like this about Hope and Landon's relationship that even though they're teenagers and they have strong feelings for each other, I mean, Hope has described Landon as her, like her true love. Even though they have those intense feelings and even though they're probably horny teenagers, they haven't rushed into anything. Right. You know, right. not saying that it's that there's anything wrong for them doing that. I mean, I was a teenager. Most people were teenagers. They were probably doing that. But I like seeing that that was not a thing that was like a big deal to them as far as them having to just, you know, oh, this is how I'm going to declare my love. We're going to sleep together as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, like another CW show that I won't mention where that's all you see is like just people all over the place and that's all they're doing is having sex. Like, Hope and Landon have had other things to deal with. They didn't need to deal with the stress of first time sex and all this other stuff. So I like the fact that they've waited and they make plans. But I will say when when Hope made that suggestion and they agreed that that would happen that night, I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. I just something about it just told me it was not going to end well. Like the fact that they've waited for so long and now they want to. I was just like, this is not gonna be what i think it's gonna be for them oh i was laughing at the fact that later on in the episode he says conceptually i know what's supposed to happen but (laughs) it might not turn out the same i thought that that was so cute he was like um he was like i have an idea of what's supposed to happen but i don't think i i I may not be good at it (laughs) i was like me too again i like the fact that they're relationship compared to the other teens I guess it seems a little more realistic you know you watch these shows where these teens are having sex with with each other and they're doing it for the first time and it's like some of the sometimes the way that these scenes are choreographed it's almost like you've got teenagers acting like full-on adults who know what they're doing yeah And, and and the only other time that they have dealt with this this way is when Davina back in the originals with mm-hmm. her. Right. That one was was more of, but she was a little older, but it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. She it was it was very sweet. They didn't show a lot of nudity. Right. And they just did it. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
yeah. which was good because usually, I mean, some of these shows, I, I, I'm not going to mention the show you're talking about, but if you go back to Smallville, Smallville was horrible. Oh my goodness. I mean, they, they, well, first of all, the teenagers were in their late 20s, so that was the first problem. <laughs> Second, I mean, literally. But the thing is, is that they they were over the top. I mean, I think the only one that they did any type of maybe kind of watching was Allison Mack uh, with her and Justin Hartley. And then even then that got ridiculous toward the end. But yeah, that was that was over. Um, I, I like the fact that you've got uh, Josie. And Josie is like determined that she's not going to use magic. She's going to be a normal girl. Mm-hmm. And she wants to possibly go to Mystic Falls for a regular high school experience. First caveat, what in God's name living in Mystic Falls makes you think that going to Mystic Falls High School is a good idea? It can't be any worse than going to the Salvatore School. I mean, think about it. Now all of the magical creatures are in one location. <laughs> So they probably haven't had as many incidents <laughs> at Mystic Falls High as they did when the Salvatores and the Gilberts and, you know, everyone else went. So that might actually be a little bit quieter for her, or at least I would have thought so before the necromancer consecrated one of the rooms to become the uh portal for the Malifor monsters to come through I don't know was was that a Larix classroom I don't think it was a Larix classroom it looked different yeah it was a different classroom but I mean still Mystic Falls hi I mean uh yeah just just don't she just needs to know don't go to a decade dance and she'll be fine (laughs) if she goes to a decade dance all she well just ask her mom you know that's all she needs to do uh did you did you catch that the name of the newspaper is the stop was it the salvatore scroll yes and i thought that was hysterical because i i read the rick redan uh percy jackson books and you know it's all mythical greek gods and stuff and mm-hmm. i'm sitting there and i'm thinking scroll okay you would think that they would have something a little bit different because i could just see whatever year that they went to the high school before they went in the original shit series that Stefan, not Damon, might have objected to it being called the Salvatore Scroll or something along those lines. Um, and I'm, I'm watching it now. I was right. That is Stefan's car. Yeah, I, I noticed that when Caleb was driving like a bat out of hell trying to get to Mystic Falls, I was like, this was like Stefan would kill you if he saw how you was handling his car <laughs> but Stefan's not around so oh well I just thought I thought that was absolutely adorable because I I remember how he got the car and I'm thinking to myself those that those two him and Damon's car those poor cars are being driven by these teenagers and it's just got to be driving Damon who's still in Mystic Falls nuts every time he sees his niece run up yeah niece I'm sorry I have to remember the Running around in the car, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. It it the the necromancer is, is it, it. What surprised me that he was he did like a this type of shape instead of a circle, and I thought that was interesting because usually we see the circle and the poor principal teacher whatever you know, and, he, and he's like, oh, I need more blood. I'm out. And he does it and all that, and it was cute. You know, it was it was a cute setup. You are the only person who would call a sacrifice cute. <laughs> yeah, well, 
I've watched how many vampire shows now? Well, how many vampire true. movies? This is true. But, and, and then you have a soft spot for the necromancer. So, ugh. well, yeah, I do. I do. I, well, that's only because, he, well, okay. When he first showed up, I, for some reason, watched that episode, didn't look at the credits. I could have thought that was um, uh, the actor that played Klaus because he acted like him in that episode. It wasn't Joseph Morgan. But no. it, I thought it was. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Mainly because of the way he was interacting with Hope when she was in the cell. Mm-hmm. And I was look, I went back, oh, it's a different actor, but that's the vibe I got. But ever since then, especially the origin story episode of him with the ice cream shop, yes. I thought I just felt in love. I thought that was the most hysterical thing ever. So yeah, I, I'm 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 team necromancer to a point. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh. Well, let's talk about this necromancer because Again, he has killed the Mr. Falls principal to use the blood to consecrate the room. And now he's raising the monsters. And he's doing this because Alyssa has MG captive and is using or is about to use his blood for the Malivore pit. She's going to recreate the triad spell that originally created Malivore and she's going to use it to raise Malivore. She's going to use it to raise the monsters. And I just, uh, MG finds himself in these ridiculous predicaments because he doesn't know. I, I don't know. You know, I've talked about this about MG in previous episodes where where I really wanted him to stop, I guess, focusing on the girls in the Salvatore school or more, more so Lizzie. And I guess it completely escaped my notice or I didn't remember the fact that Alyssa was kind of jonesing for him the same way and he basically was treating her the same way Lizzie treats him and it didn't click with me until he said something in the later on in the episode but also when he and Alyssa are having their conversation and he's trying to convince her not to do this spell um you know she tells him that the spell will have consequences because she's using his blood it's gonna kill him the more Malivore monsters that come out of the pit is going to kill him, but the Necromancer is going to bring him back and he's going to bring him back, uh, as she said, with some tweaks. And the tweak was, he's going to make you love me, uh, you know, like you should, like you should have. And I'm like, oh, honey, this sort of thing. Just, I, what is it about people and forced love that makes that so attractive to them i i would not want somebody to be forced to love me no no that that's never a good thing but again it's a teen I, I they're teenagers they don't they don't understand i think the full implications of that yet or well, i'm gonna say that they don't well, see, the, the problem with them being vampires is that MG is effectively 16 years old for the rest of his life. 
it's not really going to affect Caleb all that much more because Caleb is effectively basically 18 and he's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But for but for MG, he's always going to be a teenager. Yeah. And he's always going to have relationships with girls, women in that age area. He's not going to be rolling with a 30-year-old. So this is going to be like a, a revolving door for him. But I, I, I'm, I agree. They did a really good job of hiding that aspect of the thing with him and Alyssa and it didn't click until this episode. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Oh, it was the exact same thing. Wasn't it? But I I, never, I I guess I never really took Alyssa seriously because she's Alyssa Chang. She mm -hmm. lies and she manipulates. And I just thought that that was just something that she was doing just to kind of, I don't know, get her way. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch the episodes because I never really got that from her that she was really, really serious about wanting to pursue MG. I just, I don't know if it's just that I've forgotten or if I just didn't pay attention, but it it was just never on my radar until this episode. And then she makes several mentions of it you know, about the way she feels about him or, you know, looking into your dreamy eyes. And I was just like, where did this come from? I, I think, I think that with her, like a lot of mean girls, because that's what she is, mm-hmm. is that they tend to hide how they really, really feel. They'll joke or they'll boast about something or they'll turn it into something else like, uh, when the girl or the guy constantly makes fun of somebody else and they're always picking on them and they're always giving them a hard time, that's a good indication that they like that person. Yeah. And it's, you know, and that's annoying. It is because it's such an old outdated toxic way of letting someone know that you like them. Like, that was something that we thought was cute in the 80s and in the 90s because that's just what was done in the mm-hmm. 2000s and 2020s it's considered manipulative it's considered you know it's just it's not a good look <laughs> no it's not a good look but like you said that's what we grew up with you know yeah um i i think that for Alyssa, her biggest problem is again another trope she just wants to be loved she just wants to be accepted. And I have a problem. I have a huge problem on her resolution at the end of this episode. Because to me, old girl got off with just a little bit too easy. I'm sorry, but if you've been this evil, nasty person, um, I'm not going to roll with you and be your BFF uh, after all of this stuff. I mean, you, she forgives you for killing her. You for, they forgive you from kidnapping MG and you're all friends. Kumbaya. No, I don't, I don't think that's gonna, I I think that was just for in the moment. Mm, I don't think any of that's going to stick. So I I don't, I don't know. It was just a, a little cutesy moment. Like, yay, we beat the bad guy for a change. And I, yeah, I totally don't see I don't see those friendships or those um, truces, I think I will say. I won't say friendship. Okay. And, and of course, you know, Lizzie was like, okay, whatever. You know, after they, they won everything or after they figured out a way to deal with the necromancy, you know, and she's like, oh, group hug. And Lizzie's like, yeah, I'll see you guys back at the school. Like, 
Lizzie is not for it. Now I can understand Josie being a little more open to it because Josie has a lot to answer for that she's still answering for from last season. You know, she did a lot of stuff and and yes, she had dark magic in her and that was controlling a lot of what she was doing, but still at the end of the day, it was still her. Mm -hmm. So I can understand her being willing to be more forgiving about Mm -hmm. what Alyssa did. I mean, because I mean, really, if you think about it, yeah, Alyssa kidnapped MJ, uh, MG, and she was going to use his blood for this spell, but she didn't kill him. Granted, that was the plan. She was going to do it. It was going to happen slowly as a sacrifice, but she didn't just kill him out of, you know, out of cold out of a cold heart or just because she was bored like Josie did to Alyssa right right so I I can understand that but again I don't I don't think that's gonna change or I don't I don't think that change is gonna is gonna keep okay I know because even Alyssa says at the end she talks about she talks to MG when she comes up to him and she says something about well you did save the day and you also helped restore what little was left of my reputation yeah i i don't mm -mm. you don't just change that that quickly Mm -hmm. you know all right so i i don't know i do agree with you about the fact that i think Alyssa just wants to be loved you know we we find out a little bit more about her background with her parents as we know Alyssa killed her parents um with a show of magic when she was i believe seven right yeah and everyone just always assumed that it was something that she did like maybe her parents or you know even mg makes the assumption that you know when her parents found out she was a witch they probably didn't accept her and they probably shunned her and she got pissed off kind of like what his parents did to him Mm -hmm. but she says no my parents loved me all they wanted was for me to be happy they didn't care that i was a witch and i still lost control so i think she is searching for that. She's searching for that unconditional love that she had with her parents. And it's just, she's looking for it in the wrong, you know, in, in wrong ways. But again, her character is kind of, it's one of those double-sided things because yes, she's mean. She's a mean girl. She's been a bitch to most of the students. But at the same time, the students, when hearing about her background, they made assumptions and also treated her a certain way. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it, it's one of those circles. It's like you don't know, you don't know where the cycle starts and where it ends. So, right. I don't know. Maybe she'll be okay for the next couple of episodes, but I don't see her being on the Super Squad anytime soon. I just don't see that happening. No, well, she she definitely won't be on that, and, and and I think the biggest thing for her in this episode is that she was able to recognize that maybe she went a little bit too far, maybe she did make a mistake, and that she can correct it. But that's that was just a singular kumbaya moment. She won't be having those anytime soon. You know, yeah. you know what I mean. That's that. Some people just it's just not in them. Yeah, yeah. So um speaking of (laughs) speaking of people and their behavior i will say 
I was impressed with Alaric by the end of the episode because he finally had Caleb take the compulsion away from Mac. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was a little too late because (laughs) um, judging from all of the insinuations in the episode, apparently him and Mac spent spent the night together. Finally. Yeah, but you know, it's it's kind of one of those things like you engaged in a relationship or in a sexual relationship or in pursuing some type of relationship with this woman, having not been honest with her about anything in regards to your life and what's going on in Mystic Falls. And we, you know, we've discussed this before. This is not a good thing for a lark. Like all of his relationships have gone bad because of that very thing. So after he makes Mac and her police force assist them with the Malivore monsters and Caleb goes to, uh, you know, he goes to compel the rest of the police officers and the town about what happened. When he gets ready to compel Mac, Alaric says, you know, I want you to compel her to remember everything. And I know, I, I know this may affect things. I know I may lose you, but I want you to know the truth. And I'm like, Alaric, you could have did this like before you, before you pursued anything with her. Like you should have done that before you showed up on her doorstep the mm-hmm. night before. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And see, that's, we talked about this before. Alaric does not have the best relationship with women. He doesn't go in trying to hurt women nor does he go in trying to deceive or trick. But because of his lifestyle and because of the fact that he has uh, magical children, he's always going to come into a relationship hiding something, whether or not he wants to or not. Yeah. I mean, even if he went in and said, hi, Mac, my school is a little bit different. My girls are a little bit different. He still has to explain to her not only are my girls witches, they're Gemini twins. And then, you know, explaining that whole crazy thing. Any and normal their person, a vampire. <laughs> or- oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I forgot all about that. Yes, their mom's a vampire. And their bio mom showed up as a ghost. But hey, you know, oh, and they, by the way, their uncle is really, really, really crazy. But he's dead. He's also really, really dead. So we hope he's dead. Yeah, I kind of, I, I found it a little bit unsettling that Hope brought Kai up in this episode, even though it was just briefly, I was still like, oh, please, yeah. we don't need, we don't, even though, okay, I feel about Kai's character the way you feel about the necromancer, like he's evil, but he's so like sarcastic and he's such an asshole that I just, I like his character. I don't know. I like characters like that. Even though, you, like you look that whole that whole wedding thing, the whole oh I killed you, the whole stabbing a sister at the wedding on the altar. I secretly was cheering for him because I'm like you, I love Kai. Oh my god! Not the, not the killing of the sister part, but the fact that he kept coming back over and over and over again, and he's determined that he is going to get there. And he's like, it's like his life's goal is to get rid of any Gemini twin set that he humanly could find. Okay. I, I, guys, I don't could, I don't advocate stabbing any part of your relatives, but right, just yeah, determination no. to get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think but, 
with Kai, it's kind of similar to how I feel about Alyssa. Like Kai, Kai's family treated him like he was different because he was different. You know, instead of having magical powers, he was a siphon, just like Lizzie and Joe are. Even though I think Lizzie and Joe, they do still have a little bit of magic. Right, they do. Kai's whole thing was he had to siphon magic out of everyone. And that made him a little bit of an outcast, of a black sheep in the family. And they made him a huge. It made him a huge outcast. I mean, given the family and the Gemini coven, he they weren't the only ones that were like that. There obviously because of the family, there are several that were like that. I'm sure. But I think the problem with him is not Kai or Josie. Josette. It was the parents because mm-hmm. you have to question why the parents, when they realized that the first set wasn't going to kick off, they kept having more and more children until they had twins. That's a little selfish. I'm sorry that that just that is selfish. I I was watching something where I forgot what I was watching the other day where they literally what was it? Forget. Anyway, the parents had the kid just. Oh, it was on 911. Uh, 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 the parents had the son just because another child had leukemia and they wanted the cells, the stem cells. And that's the only reason why they had the baby, him. And when it didn't work and his brother died, they blamed him. Oh, okay. That's selfish. It, it is. That I, is. I actually know someone who, um, who had a second kid because the first kid had sickle cell anemia. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that wasn't the only reason they had the second kid, but they knew that the second kid would probably be, you know, a potential donor right. to help the other child. So I understand that's kind of, and and it's not for me, even as a parent, I can't say that that's not something I wouldn't do if I knew that that was a, a, a chance to, to, to save my child. But mm-hmm. that wouldn't, for me, I know that that wouldn't be the only reason why I had that, you know, why I had right. an additional child. Right. There are, right. there are some people who probably are like that. Um, as far as, you know, Kai and Joe's parents, they were very focused about preserving the Gemini line right they were they were very and that would be the reason why they went on until they had um luke and um liz so yes well and then and then not only that yeah 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 luke and liz but not only that the rest of the family even when the wedding kicked off with the babies the family's dying act was to save the girls Mm -hmm. so the whole family was cuckoo for cocoa puffs as they say yeah I guess, and I don't even know if I want to say they were they were crazy. It's preserving a family line and having the family bloodline go on. That is important for a lot of families. A lot of people, the, yeah. Yeah, for a lot of people to the point where they, some people will go to extremes to ensure that will happen. This is true. This, you know? this is true, yeah. So. <laughs> and 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 the thing is, is that most people, everyday people are like, okay, whatever. But on this show, you know, you've got the girls and it's come up over and over again. You've got the thing with Kai, but you have, uh, I'm transitioning into this. You've got Landon, who is a Phoenix. 
who apparently is still a phoenix because he gets roasted to put a word for it in this episode no he's not a phoenix what happened the reason why he was able to come back is because that flash of light that happened when um the last malivore uh what was it that alaric called him uh uh bullwinkle <laughs> when yeah when they killed that last malivore monster and there was the flash of light that yeah. was lizzie joe and Alyssa sending everything having to do with malivore into the prison world and remember in the prison world no matter how many times you die it will just bring you back. So when when Landon was roasted by the dragon, they were already in the prison world. That's oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that clarification. Because I'm sitting there going, how did that? Because, okay, guys, what had happened is that he made a deal with his dad and he let his dad basically take over his body. Mm-hmm. And the funniest thing that you'll ever see in this episode is you've got Necromancer, sees him he thinks it's landing he's talking shit to landing and he goes oh this and that and then he walks up and he walks up and then he realizes he goes oh shit that's malavoy and then he kicks him half the football field this is after this is after hope has beheaded him because what happens is malavore um no no this is before no 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 Mm -mm. hope Hope beheaded him. That was how. So, so basically, what happened is. Oh no, he hit him. I'm sorry, he hit oh, him. Yes, he hits him. Y- yes, oh, yes he hit that's him. different. Yes, so, yes, and that's how that's how the necromancer realizes Malavor is actually in Landon's body, and he is about to kill the necromancer when the zombie dragon comes and sets him on fire. So Landon is burned to a crisp. Hope has to watch this and she has to watch as he turns to ash. Now, while she's sitting here looking at the fact that she has lost Landon once again, and this time probably for good, because she doesn't, at this moment, she doesn't even realize that they are in the prison, a prison world yet. The necromancer starts taunting her about the fact that Landon is dead. And he's just talking shit, talking shit. I was like, oh, he's about to piss her off. And he Uh, on and she finally, her eyes glow and I'm like, okay, she's either about to turn and tear him apart or she's about to do some magic and tear him apart. So she turns around and she has a knife in her hand and she decapitates him. Right. Now, point of order. She should have realized they were in the prison world because if she had killed him, that would have triggered the werewolf curse. But it didn't. I don't or know. I, wrong? I don't know if her killing him would count because he is technically an undead creature. Good point. So I, I just, I, yeah, that's true. I don't think that I don't think that would trigger her curse. And okay. at the same time, I don't think at the time, even if it would have triggered her curse, I don't think she was thinking about that because because the only thing she was focusing on was the fact that Landon was dead. Dead. Right. Okay. I'm just okay. The reason why I say that is because when when they go back and forth, especially this show does it a lot, they go back and forth between the regular world and the prison world so much more so yes. than mm-hmm. the other two shows that half the time when you're watching it, you have to make sure, okay, what world am I in? Right. And and it's so weird. And they've done that with this season, but... A lot. Yes, because they've actually... We had the original 
prison world from the that was carried over from the vampire diaries then you have the second prison world which was created for Raphael and his parents so now mm -hmm. this is a third mm -hmm. prison world this is the second one created from the new ascendant that Josie and Lizzie created mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. original prison world mm -hmm. with Kai uh -huh. prison world okay so the students were sent to Kai's prison world yes okay that makes sense okay yeah, yeah. you're right yes those those were okay yeah the original ascendant these two prison worlds where Raphael and now the Malivor monsters are those two prison worlds were created from the new ascendant that they created to save Raphael right okay yeah see this is this is the problem with all of these prison worlds is that you've got to know which one you're talking about because yeah. I it took me a minute the last season when they went to it to figure out because the the other thing is that when they went they did the whole 80s thing I for a minute thought that was a prison world too until I realized it wasn't yeah mm -hmm. but yeah so so the only thing that really bothers me about the use of all the prison worlds, like you said, one, it's a lot to keep up with. And then two, I really don't want that to become a plot device that every mm -hmm. time they kind of write themselves into a corner, that this is what they do. And I'm not saying that they've written themselves into a corner because I, you know, I understand the convenience of that kind of save because now you do have Malivore, you do have Malivore monsters, but they don't affect our, you know, they don't affect this world. But at the same time, it's just, I don't know, at some point you're going to have to revisit all of these prison worlds to kind of put some resolution to these. Because again, I'm really hoping that Raphael being in a prison world is not the last we see of him. I hope they figure out some way right. to get him out. Same with the Malivore. I mean, and then maybe it could also be that now that Malivore is in a prison world and the Necromancer is in a prison world, maybe now, you know, like, like Josie and Lizzie said, what they did was they sent, they sent the Necromancer and Malivore and all of the spells that were created around that, right. that prison world. So right. I'm wondering if the fact that the necromancer is now in a prison world of his own and can't do anything in the real world, can they bring Raphael back and he be okay? That's what I want to know. Ah, see, that's, that's the thing because there is the danger of having one too many, but there's also the danger of playing so fast and loose that you forget your own rules mm -hmm. of, of how to deal with this world. Now, I'm, I'm not so much concerned about the prison worlds as I am with their new favorite thing, the therapy box. That I have more of a concern about. That's not until next. I know, I know. I'm not, I'm not talking about yeah. next. I'm just saying just in general talking about the show. Right, right. Because for me, because I've watched two whole series beforehand, I understand the concept and the dealing with the prison world. Have they done it one too many times this season? No. If they do it one more time, then yes. Yeah. 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 But, I'm, but, really but, hoping, yeah. I'm really hoping that the creation of the other prison world for the Necromancer means that Raphael can come back. Because if you think about it, once the Necromancer and Malivore and the Malivore monsters all were sent to the new prison world, MG didn't feel the effects 
of the spell anymore. Right. And the spell was, he was tied to the spell because like Alyssa said, she used her blood, Raphael's blood and MG's blood. And this is what I think this is why Raphael was dying because his blood was in there and it was being affected by the Malivore pit. Malivore, yeah. So yep. then I agree. now, since, since the spells are gone and now even the Malivore pit is gone, the, the goo that was in the pit has disappeared. It, it was gone when Hope and Landon got, you know, went through and came back. So now I'm just like, okay, can y'all just bring, can y'all bring Raphael back now? I mean, at this point, they kind of, I, I feel like they kind of have to because they're going yeah. yeah. to have to figure out this thing with Landon because as we see at the end, end of the episode, okay, so Landon is in the prison world. He dies. He comes back and Hope figures out that what they need to do to get out of the prison world back into the real world they have to go through the malivore pit and because she is toxic to malivore she feels like it will spit her out and it will spit her out back into their real world so apparently this is what happens we don't know for sure that this is what happens because landon says he went to the grill to get them something to eat and nobody was he saw nobody in the town in the town square but that could be because they got evacuated earlier in the day. So at this point, we don't know if they actually made it back to the correct world, okay? Yeah. So they take advantage of the time they have together. They take advantage of the fact that uh, even if we did go back and we find everybody, they're not going to remember us because we just came out the Malivore pit. They take advantage of that. They spend some time together. They, they fulfill their date night goal which is to sleep together have sex and then afterwards this is why i said it was like a buffy moment so she starts talking about how happy she is landon has this really weird look on his face and i was like what is about to happen landon starts throwing up black goo and then he turns into a pool of black goo and dissolves and that's where they end the episode and i'm like i saw it well didn't no no or did they well thought- this is where this is where his part of the episode okay okay i was gonna so, say yeah and see you you knew that was coming yeah you could see that a mile away i mean it's a teenage unks type of a show it's not good it's truly in the season for you guys to be good <laughs> I'm, it is i'm just saying beginning of the episode when they were talking about date night and this is what they wanted to do i was mm-hmm. like this is not gonna end. it's not mm-hmm. gonna end well See, whenever you plan stuff like that in a yep. show like this, it yep. never goes to plan. Like yep. spontaneous sex, that that's the thing. Right. To do. When you yep. plan it, it's never gonna go that right. Happen. No, and no. I when I watched this scene, like I wasn't a big Buffy fan when it was on, but I do specifically remember that when Buffy slept with Angel for the first time, yep, it, it turned Angel into an evil person. So when when they started doing this i was like something's gonna happen it's not gonna go right and of course now landon is a he's a a a pool of black goo and we don't know what this means because that was the last time we saw them in this episode so it's like now i feel like again with the prison worlds with with malivore and the necromancer being gone this is the perfect time for you to bring Raphael back because 
maybe he can't die now since the necromancer, he and the necromancer are not in the same plane of existence. Bring Raphael back so they can figure out what the hell is going on with Landon. I, I agree with you. Um, I agree. Because uh, at this point, you've gotten rid of Raphael. Now you seemingly have gotten rid of Landon. We don't know if either of these um, characters are, if these are permanent departures or if they're temporary but at the it's just kind of like what are you guys doing yeah because because i mean don't get me wrong jed's pretty but that's about it i'm just saying he's very pretty very very pretty but um they're not gonna move caleb up anymore than he already is uh we've got mg where mg is at uh the scooby gang is a little bit smaller could because of covid could because of writing but the two actors who were your two main male leads are gone and it's like i mean at first when the series started i was a little upset because matt davis wasn't more in the forefront but i was like no it's about the kids Mm -hmm. so alaric is going to be a secondary he's going to step back a little okay so we have to see who's going to make to the head of the pack now that we've gotten used to these two it's like oh we forgot Max Sun came back, the football player. Yes, Ethan. Yeah, Ethan. See, I don't even remember the kid's name. But um, because I forgot, I was looking at him and I was like, oh, yeah, that's him. Um, I, this episode was interesting because you've got that, you got the fact where you got another trope, which you saw coming a mile away, is that Lizzie decided she was going to tell MG her feelings. And MG decides that he's going to go with Alyssa. And she sees them kissing, which you saw coming a mile away also. So it's like, okay, trope check, trope check, trope check. You know, this was a paint by numbers episode on, in, on many levels. But it was yeah. good. It I was good. Like, I also feel like the beginning scene with Josie and Ethan where Josie was interviewing him and it almost seemed like he was getting kind of flirty with her until she mentioned the fact that their parents were seeing each other he was like oh yeah parent sex and on that disturbing note I'll talk to you later Joe and it's just kind of like oh is this going to be a thing where they like each other but their parents are dating it's going to be yeah they're going to wind up having a crush on each other and they're going to start going together fall in love and mom and dad are going to announce that they're getting married so they're not going to be siblings yeah I just (sighs) I didn't watch 902 for nothing back in the day Yeah, I, I think we, we hit all of these little weird tropes and uh, that was Angelus. Yeah. Angelus, yeah. Yeah. And then cool. and then we also get Josie telling Lizzie that she wants to transfer to Mystic Falls. Thankfully, Lizzie didn't have like she didn't she didn't melt. She didn't have a breakdown. So I do see some development for Lizzie's character as far as, you know, the big thing for Lizzie's character is that she's trying to get a control. You know, she's trying to get control on her mental health and how she reacts to things. And you can really see you can really see it in the way her character is reacting to different things like she's not blowing up at people like she used to she's not very selfish in the way you know the way she used to be so she's growing into her grandmother she's growing into liz (laughs) 
she, no, she is. Yeah. If you if you look at, at you can uh, and I'll explain her mom's a favorite. She's really getting Liz's personality. I think. Yeah. I, she's I, becoming I, more I, practical. Yeah. She's becoming more uh, calm. Like you said, I, I know the genetics are iffy a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> No. I'm sorry, their mother's a vampire. There's not much you can work with off of that. Oh, right. But, but I, like I said, I think they named the girls aptly. I think each girl is taking a definite personality because even though Josette pretty much had her head on her shoulders, Josette was a hot mess. She really was. Quietly, but she was a hot mess. Because yeah. of the way she ran, she was in the army, and she never stayed, you know, all the whole thing well, I mean, she kind of had a psychotic brother that she had to evade for yeah, most yeah. of the time. So yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? If I was a lyric, I, I think that you know, girls, we're just gonna go to the next town. You know, we're gonna go see the doctor, have the doctor quietly do some psych evals to make sure that they're not really crazy, and then come back to Mystic Falls. Given the family history, I'm just saying. It's yeah, it's. I, I think at this point, we can probably kind of assume that there, there are going to be issues there just because of the fact that they are from that family. They are mm-hmm. Gemini twins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my, my hope is that they don't end up writing Lizzie or, well, I feel like they were supposed to, like at the beginning, they were kind of painting Lizzie as similar to Kai mm. as far as the selfishness, as far right, as right, those right. behaviors. But then we also see that really Joe is the stronger of the two and that she has the potential to being that dark one. You know, maybe... Right. I would say maybe at, maybe not as psychotic as Kai, but I mean, last season she came pretty damn close. I mean, she killed Alyssa. She right. tried to force her twin into the right. merge early. So right. we see that that potential is there. Well, yeah. I, saw- I'm hoping that uh, we don't know how many se- seasons this show is going to go on. We don't know what the storyline is going to be, but I hope that they don't end up making one of the twins kind of like Kai's parallel. I just, I don't want to see that. I want to see a story where the twins can overcome that. But we saw, we saw a hint of that season five. Uh, no, sorry, no, thank God. Season seven, uh, no, sorry. Season eight, original series of Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. When they were little, remember when they were like four and they were putting their hands and, and Caroline says, if something would happen to mommy, Lizzie said, that would make me sad. And then Josie said, that would make me mad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they set that. Yes, I am that deep into the show, guys. They set that up back then. Yeah, they did. So. And then also, I think there was an incident with with the twins where one of them, I, was it Joe? Josie that hurt Liz? Yes. Yes, she so, did. Yeah, so. Yeah. But again, I hope that they don't. Let's not go there. You know what I want? I want someone from a lyrics family who's human to show. I want their grandmother to show up. I want a lyrics mother, grandma to show up, grandma Salzman to show up. That'd be fun. I don't know that Alaric could handle something like that. I mean, we don't know his we don't know where his relationship. Seen the family. Well, I would love for Grandma Salzman to show up. No, 
No. That would be funny. No, you want to, if we have to have anyone from the family show up, bring in Caroline, damn it. Yes, that would be good. Bring in the only family member that I need to see. You know, and I don't know what she's doing right now or anything like that, but. still trying to find a way for the girls to get out of the merge when they're 22. (laughs) Yes. And now granted that is important, but come on. You could have her show up at least once to see. She showed up so much in the original. She was almost a cast member. I mean, come on. She didn't show up that much. She showed up. She showed up four or five times. Yeah, that's like once per season. Yeah, but at least she showed up once per season. They kissed. This is. We haven't seen her once. We heard her voice though, so Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. We did hear that. So yeah. Um, yeah, but I overall I enjoyed the episode. It wasn't an info dump, but like my husband says, there was a lot of talking. Yes, there was. Did you get giddy when Landon made the Star Wars ref- reference? Actually, I did get giddy. Yes, I did. But but then again, I'm also tired, so I was like, <sighs> okay, fine. <laughs> Oh, so, okay, so let's see. Going into next episode, we have Landon who has disappeared into a, a steaming pile of goo. We don't know if anybody remembers Hope, which they probably haven't because if you if you listen to the little celebration song that they did at the South Oh, house, oh, they were God. Talking, we have a lost hope. We have a lost hope. My, my daughter was like, really? First of all, Caleb needs to stick to singing. Because his rap skills are not that good. I had to double check to make sure. I'm like, but but you can sing. You you can't. Oh, you can't rap. Probably can rap, but I mean, if if you think about what he was rapping about, is pr- I would I wouldn't judge his skills based on that. Okay, we'll call it acting. There you go. And then, of course, at the party. We have Alyssa and MG having their little powwow, their little talk. And then MG acknowledges that he has treated Alyssa the same way that Lizzie treated him. And he doesn't want to do that. He wants to see where this is going to go. And they kiss and I'm like. Yeah, I know. know. Really? But again, I'm going to be honest. I don't see that lasting either. So we'll, we'll see. But, no, I don't so see that. Got that little relationship blossoming. We have Josie who has decided that she is going to transfer to Mystic Falls High. We have Alaric. He's probably going to have to deal with the consequences of giving Mac back all of her memories. So now she's going to remember that monsters exist in Mystic Falls and that Alaric manipulated her or, you know, he he had her compelled to forget meaning he took away her free will he took away her agency and yeah that he's gonna have to deal with that malivore and the monsters are in a prison world and i think that pretty much wraps up this episode and gives us what we need to try and figure out for the next episode so like What's going on with Landon? Is he a part of Malivore now? Or is he dead? Or is he just... Where is he? Is anybody going to remember Hope? Uh, You know, it's just... 
I I I, I want to see what's what's gonna happen, but again, I really want this Malibor thing to be wrapped up. So they need to go ahead and deal with that. They need to figure out what's going on with Landon. They need to bring Raphael back. MG doesn't need to be with anybody because he needs he needs to. He needs to figure out where his place is in this school without worrying about a girl or having a girl worry about him. Because we see that the two instances of potential romantic interest that he's had at the Salvatore school, neither of those are really working out. And the fact that Alyssa kidnapped him and tried to use him as a sacrifice. And this, I do understand what you're saying about she got off, she got off a little bit too mm-hmm. easy. Yep. The fact that she kidnapped you, tried to use your blood to use you as a sacrifice to bring some monsters back and now mm-hmm. you want to give the relationship a go yeah this is doomed yeah yeah I already know this i give it maybe one maybe two episodes if that I, well, the, yeah. the, thing, the thing with mg is that i think mg's biggest problem is that well i forget who said it someone says i want to give love a chance but let's love love you know he He's got in the back of his mind that he really wants to be with someone and have it be good and have it nice and easy. Uh, picking Alyssa is not your choice. Picking Lizzie isn't your choice. Uh, he, you know, we need we need a new girl. We need somebody who's you know been quietly sitting you know in the third row of, of herbology and just you know and just like you know sort of walk by and ask him, "Gee, would you like to share a?" Uh, a squirrel in the backyard or something i don't know yeah i, mean, I would say we need kim but kim is human and yeah. i don't think that will work out but you know speaking of kim since we're bringing her up what i do want to see this season i would like to see a little bit more backstory on the other characters like mm-hmm. how, how did caleb become a vampire and how oh, i'd love to see that, that and how is it that his family is so cool with it like He's having barbecue con. Yep. And also, Caleb has a daylight ring. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I, you know, I just want to know: is that something that, like, maybe Alaric had done for all the students at the Salvatore School? Like, did he get Bonnie to to make them, or maybe not even Bonnie? Because I'm I'm trying to remember: does Bonnie have her powers even? at this point did she have her powers at the end of vampire diaries i don't remember. yeah because remember yes because remember remember that awesome scene where she's closing the portal and every single bin at which is behind her including grandma and they all do yes. that whole was yes that, was that the end okay yeah that was yes that yes. was the end yes you're right steph oh okay i just traumatized look i've only i've only seen the vampire diaries five times all eight seasons i just i just i just traumatized <laughs> myself again thinking about Stephanie. <laughs> Anyway, um, no, but see, okay, okay. I have a theory. I have a theory. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm going to wager that Caleb is a Bennett. That his family might be Bennett's, and that's why he has a daylight ring. Because I have a, I and I'm going to say this, you're going to laugh. I think Bon Bon might be either his cousin or his auntie. Look at you thinking. You thinking? Thinking, but th- she could be because because the family's completely cool with him being a vampire. When have you ever known uh, a POC family to be cool with someone being a monster? They were like, yeah, oh, whatever. Not MG's family. No, not MG's family. So yeah, so I'm thinking he's a Bennett relation. Huh. 
Because this whole family is like, oh yeah, you're a vampire. Oh, dude, oh boy, go get some, go get me some stuff but for the ribs. I would, I would, and they're in ATL. I would accept that if he was a witch vampire. That would be weird because if, no. if you think about the way um, Bonnie's Grams was about vampires, she was like, "Yes, I know they exist, but we don't get involved in vampire business. Like we don't." Di- okay, okay, yes, but but Hanukkah, this is twenty years later, technically. Graham's been dead 20 years. Yeah. Okay. If you think, because think about it, Josie and then, yeah, this is 20 something years later, even though it's only three years later in real time, it's 20 years because Graham's been dead for a minute. Yeah. And and the family's younger. So it's entirely possible because even if he is from the Bennett line, he still could become a turn into a vampire. But her mother was a vampire. Remember? Mama Bennett? Yeah, but she 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 didn't start out that way. No, she didn't start out that way. But I'm just yeah, saying okay. it's within the realm. It's it's within the realm of possibility. Let's okay, just I'll that. give you that. I don't know if I I don't know if I buy it, but okay, I'll give you that. No, yeah, okay. Now, now the other the other thing is, uh, I I make, I like to make fun of Jed. I think Jed Jed's very very pretty. I'd like to know more about him. I'd like to know more about the other werewolf packs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the fairy Ben. I'd like to know a little bit more about him because I just think it's a trigger that they just threw a fairy in there for no damn. Wade, I'm, I see. I can't even remember the boy's name. Wade. Mm-hmm. I would like to know how why. Look, they did not just randomly throw him in there for for shits and giggles. There's I a hope not. There's yeah. a reason he's there, and there's a reason why he's specifically a fairy. Yeah. Um. I I want to see I, I have we seen MG I want I'm with you I yeah you're right I want to see actually I want to see two things I want to see more backstory of the kids but I also want to see a more comprehensive history of what happened to the school since the inception to current times because when we found out about the students that they put in the prison world I was fascinated. I was like, really? That happened? So I want to know more about the history of the school itself. Hmm. Okay. I mean, not everything can be Xavier's School for Mutants or Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and th- that was the other funny thing. The that was cute. That, that Max said, I can't believe that I'm having a drink at Hogwarts. I'm like, <laughs> oh, we put two pop culture references in this episode. I thought that was cute. I thought that was cute. Yeah, we we have a lot of stuff to get resolved. Um, let's see. Any final thoughts on this episode? No, I have nothing else to contribute. All right. Well, in that case, that will be it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and other major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.